0: At Culture in the Craft, we are back talking with experts around our favourite subjects that intersect VFX to XR, animation to games creation and everything between and beyond. There is one area that we've never really touched on. It's an important conversation to be having in industries that brings about better impact. We need to talk about green creativity. Welcome back to Culture in the Craft. So here I am. It's Laura again. Thank you for joining me. And I have to talk with me around climate and creativity. Venita Greenwood, who is from Whole Grain Digital, who as a founder of the company yes. has explored this territory and is delivering in this space. So excited to get her expertise on what she's been doing with the team over there and learn more about her ideas on the concept of sustainable practice as creative.
1: Welcome, Venita. Thank you for having me. Lovely to, lovely to be here. Do you want to just introduce yourself a bit more? Yeah, I'm Vinita. I'm uh, the co-founder, one of the co-founders. Uh, my husband Tom and I started the agency Whole Grain Digital. We are certified B Corp and one percent for the planet contributor. Whoop, whoop. In in the size now we are about twenty of us. But we it, when we started in two thousand and seven, it's our birthday today. It's the fifteenth birthday. Congrats! Officially awkward, properly awkward (laughs) teenager. (laughs) And um, we're just really lucky to work with forward-thinking organizations such as charities and not-for-profits, but also really purpose-driven businesses. And we have this unique position to be able to peer into their world and sort of impart our knowledge, but gain so much more in return. We're just lucky where we are in the digital sector, right place at the right time, but we've made a big impact of greening the internet. So I'm, I'm happy to touch on that when we get to it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. This is going to be jam-packed then full of gems. I will then get into it straight away. I have been looking into the concept of sustainability and how it works when you're actually creating in an industry that is mostly dominated by non-physical activities and outputs and solutions and services. It's quite clear to see when you're talking about recycling, when you're talking about flights, these are tangible things that you can associate with the idea of being sustainable. But when you think about the internet, it's different and very distant to the conversation around being green. But also, I don't think there's that much education or information around that. So I would love to yeah. talk to you about how did the concept come together for whole grain digital to get mm.
1: into that? This is very exciting. I get to reminisce all about what happened in the past, but this is amazing. Going back in 2007, when we started the business, Tom had sustainable product design experience. He used to design fireplaces sustainably. So how do you create the most amount of heat from a fireplace while putting the least amount of energy in through electric?
0: That, is that was so his job. Cool. <laughs> yeah. His energy. And,
1: wow. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. So it was all excited. about energy. No, this, yeah. was, this, this is exactly how we were that everything was energy in, energy out. How do you see efficiency? And I was an electronics engineer. And I was then I went on to study uh, satellite communication. I was an electronics engineer by profession. And I just got bored of it all. I found his work a lot more interesting. We said to each other, let's run a product design company and create products that are genuinely good for the earth. But the more we looked into it, the more we realized Anything you produce at the end of the day is junk because when it comes down to it, the world doesn't need it. It's your good idea, but it's not always the best product. We're not building those beautiful cathedrals, which took a thousand years to build. We're building something that that satisfies the needs now, but not in the future. We toyed around thinking, oh, we don't want to set up a factory. We don't want to have a production line. We don't want to build products, physical products, which have impact. So we went down the digital route and decided we'll do branding, design for organizations that are doing something green. Okay, that's just using our brain. We eat plant based, we'll be as green as possible, then we'll be having a green business. Cool. So we started with that. And we thought we were digital since. Of course, digital has no emissions, is what we thought when we started off. And we were going through our B Impact Assessment in 2017. This is just five years ago. We finished our first five year sprint yesterday. And when we were going through our assessment the first time round, there, there was a section in the B-Impact to certify as a B Corp to talk about your carbon emissions and your water usage, your electricity usage, your usage of various services. And to be honest, uh, when we asked the B-Impact assessment consultants, they said, oh, no, you're not a digital agency. You can leave that item blank. And Tom and I looked at each other and said, that's not right. We must have some impact. We've been running this business just under ten years. We know we have impact, but we've not spent the time. It's embarrassing. We need to do something about it. We started chatting about it, and like true fashionable Tom style, he geeked out for the next six weeks, downloaded every white paper, speak to every academic, everything that he could do to find out about carbon emissions. And the more we looked in, the more we realized actually internet is one of the largest polluters on the planet. And then we were so embarrassed that we left that section untouched because they said, oh, if you're not producing products like a, say a cleaning company that, has to use water and green factory and so on you could leave it blank so we were a bit naive and said all right then and um the nice thing is that that's what started off our website carbon calculator methodology so we started looking at right so if there's a server how much energy does it use for every website we produce okay so what could we do to reduce the amount of rubbish that we're putting into our coal or how do we design more efficiently how do we make a user experience more efficient so it was just a natural progression and when when we came around in 2020, the second time certification, it was like there was this section and Tom said, "Nope, I'm not leaving this blank. I have answers for almost everything. A true geeky, fashionable way. <laughs> we did fill it in and we pressed on. We did put our foot down and said to be impact assessment, you really need to look at this. You really need to look at this. We want this to become a standard. And they said yes. So our score went up, but also... This is a standard now they use for digital carbon emission accounting. And you can influence and create impact just by being curious and putting in the effort. Yeah, it's our own mini project, which is now a macro project, but... (laughs) That's how it all started. I can go on about it, but that's how it started.
0: (laughs) I'm amazed and also excited to hear a story like that. It's a lovely story of, as you say, curiosity and also thinking beyond the boundary that has been set. I'm quite surprised that the BSS has just said, leave that off blank because of the nature of your... um, It's
1: ignorance, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's
0: exactly speaks to how I perceive this whole theme is that it's it's very unclear and there's not enough conversations going on around what we are doing in the day-to-day especially since there has been a massive shift to digital and a future that doesn't have significant components of digital existence is going to be very rare so we need to start thinking about what we're doing in those spaces and influence those people also who can help make those um, experiences or the lifestyle that is expected to be better for the planet. That said, maybe we could break down a little bit about this calculator and um, what is a calculator because these might be new terms to the listeners and the audience.
1: Absolutely. So a website carbon calculator methodology that we built was around understanding how much carbon emissions are produced by all of the touch points of our work so the touch points of our work are the design we produce, the user experience you produce. So when I say user experience, it means at the point at which you arrive on the website to the point which you leave having achieved your goal. How do you minimize the number of clicks from A to B? So you're trying to get from, say, your homepage to a phone number so that you can call the company. You don't need to go to contact page as long as you have made it available as something that is easily accessible. and I think it's it's one of those one of those things that is is one aspect, but it plays into so many other aspects of inclusion and accessibility. So when you make a design inclusive, as in you make it accessible, you're not just thinking about the richest country, one of the richest countries in the world. That's the UK. You're not just designing for people in the UK. You're thinking of somebody in Kenya on a much much lesser energy efficient device, perhaps a much cheaper device, has less bandwidth. How are are they going to access your website? So all of these touch points, when you think about it, it's not just the design and the size of the files. It's the code that you write. How quickly can it load? And then on the other end, how fast will it transmit down the wire? When it comes down to it, everything is going down the wire. These big cables between us and and the Atlantic Ocean or anywhere, really. And then how is this data being stored on the server Is the server green? Is it powered by renewable energy? And if it's powered by renewable energy, how much water it's using? So there's so many touch points to think about the methodology. So you have to break down every item of these things that I mentioned and then work out in real numbers. So, okay, so if my image instead of 3 MB is going to be 0.5 MB, how much energy would it require for it to be loaded on a, say, MacBook 13 inch pro or whatever versus a iphone versus a computer that's six years old or 10 years old so you're sort of thinking about the methodology of every item and how it's working in the chain yeah so the website carbon calculator takes all of these items into consideration and then we've created a open source equation so that people can learn from it and we've had over 4 million tests it's pretty amazing That's um, incredible. in the last years. Yeah. And 20% of the people come back have improved their site. It's amazing how many people have come back and say, oh yeah, we've improved our site. Could you recache our results, please? It's like, yeah, of course, run your test again. It's exciting to see people improve just because they have a tool. You don't even have to do anything. Just give a tool and people will just keep improving their websites that that was our uh, mission and we're getting there
0: (laughs) wow getting there being on that journey and exploring something that's not existing before and then expanding that so that others can then participate in doing what they do it's like a massive ripple effect because you are creating something that is going to be important and impactful within your business um, Mm. and then others are learning from the experience that you've had and going away and doing their own thing. What I really want to also touch on, and I think it's these things need to be repeated and said over and over again, whichever side of the fence you sit on in terms of it being a climate crisis or not. Is or human rights crisis. Or, yeah, or, you know, geopolitically, there is Absolutely. a lot of interconnected concerns around the aspect of what goes on on this planet. And whether you believe it or not, something that you expressed there that made me really like switched on, which I saw from your site, is the creative sophistication that you have to lean into so you're thinking about um, sustainability and how to be more impactful and then there's this element of accessibility and then you're starting to think about what kind of person is going to be exposed to my service or the product that I'm about to deliver you are looking at where your market is and you're seeing Mm who is going to be interacting and rather than saying I'm going to just close everything off and allow a certain demographic or a certain population from a certain geography to be able to, you know, assume into this service, you are then broadening your scope for people, users, for consumers, for your audience by just thinking more broadly about this one thing and it set off a chain of events and how can you fault something like that that takes your initial idea and it widens the opportunity for you to make impact or return on investment however you want to think of it that's just plain common sense. that's
1: absolutely true if you look at the climate change conversation there's there's been lots of times when we have been extremely frustrated thinking why is this under debate still but let's just let's just be hypothetical for a second and say it's all a hoax but all of the good stuff that we're doing is good in so many other ways Let's not discount that. Let's not discount the social impact it's creating, the equality of or equity that it's creating, the opportunities for disadvantaged people in countries where income is not available. They're improving their diversity in nature if we allow them to encourage them to plant trees. There's so many things we're doing. So climate change is almost, I'm not not trying to put a positive spin on it, but I'm just thinking it's a facilitator for us to take responsibility of the damage we have done as a country and give back to the countries where we've made the damage. What I found quite intriguing about
0: what you just said was this is also an opportunity to repurpose your ability to execute on something in a way that broadens your reach. Again, it's a question of why would you not want to try and do that? Have there been any challenges that you've thought, well, at this stage, this won't be achievable? Have there been moments where it's been
1: really tough? Absolutely. Um, B Corp assessment is not is a framework. It helps you assess yourself, but we didn't join the B Corp framework because we wanted to be certified and have the badge. For us, we wanted to use it to see, are we actually putting our purpose above profit? Or are we just saying, oh yeah, we care, we care, but not actually do anything about it. So it was an opportunity to see if we're using our business as a force for good Are we actually spreading the good? Are we actually amplifying the good? And um, yes, there were challenges. There have been challenges. Uh, It's a challenge that I rarely get to talk about and perhaps don't know if this is the place to talk about it. One of the things is, is diversity. Me being a brown woman who owns half the business makes it much easier to score a point on, is there a brown woman, brown and woman on your board? Yes, we didn't start the business because I'm was a brown. i a brown woman. I started the business because we wanted to start a business. We, we're making an impact because we're making an impact. So there are some challenges such as when we're hiring, we're thinking of how do we empower our team to make better choices and how do we empower our team to start thinking of more land travel instead of flying for their personal use, because we have a no-fly policy anyway as a business. But there's so many aspects that you see that you sort of have to plant the idea and then walk away and hope that people will absorb orbit. Um, it took us three years to move all of the team members to renewable energy at home. We incentivized it. We said, you'll get an extra day of holiday impact on the business profitability. If you go to a renewable energy, that's great. They all switched and created, you know, uh, created a voucher call for each other and they all got renewable energy And they are all very happy about it because they get an extra holiday. So there are sometimes things you have to do to encourage to do things differently. And there is a cost to the business for it. That's good 20 billable days of the business that we've given up. But in the long run, how much good is it doing to the environment? You've got to look back. When I'm on my deathbed, I won't be thinking how many more billable hours I got from my team. I'll be thinking <laughs> how much impact I made. You know, it's so that's, silly, oh, isn't it? that's a new one for the books. <laughs> exactly. It's ridiculous. You've got to treat your staff well, you've got to give them opportunities, you've got to educate and inspire. And that is my job as a business leader. And if I didn't live my live and walk walk the walk and talk the talk then they'll notice <laughs> they'll notice so in a way it's a feedback loop of creating a really good space where you foster all of these positive things but also give opportunities um of of you know um of saying, moving to renewable energy, having a vegetarian policy, no flying, and all of these things sort of, or or giving free pass for as many bikes as you like, just go biking, use public transport, don't drive. There's so many little things that you can introduce, which might sound strange and and encroaching on personal life. But if you don't talk about them, it's just ignorance, not knowing. It's not that they don't want to do it. They just don't know about it. We have conversations which sometimes go really well. And sometimes we have conversations where they go, nope, not happening. And then we're like, Okay, that's fine. Let's find out. And then we have a healthy debate as a team to find out why is it that it's not happening? For example, I brought up the topic not so long ago about ethical banking. I said, did you know if you put your money in the bank that is not ethical, they might use it for tobacco or, um, I don't know, petroleum or wars? Very apt right now. So there's lots of things that we our money could be going towards. And they were like, no, I've got student loan. I've got this. I've got that. And I get it, you know, it's different people have different requirements, so they just can't switch banks. And then we started talking about electric cars and they were like, oh, no, but I travel to Scotland to sue my parents. I won't be able to do that. And there are some, I would call them battles that I haven't won. But there are some beautiful things that we've introduced in the business that people have wholeheartedly voted on and accepted. So it's about empowerment and enrollment, not enforcement. I love a good sound
0: bite, like yeah. punchy statements that can stick in people's heads. Can you say that one more
1: time? Yeah. Happy to. It's, it's through empowerment and enrolment that you get the best response instead of enforcement
0: that's so true um, that it's about bringing people on the journey with you because it is an adventure and to some people that brings anxiety yeah. and oh God, yeah. um, coming together on something in a collaborative in a cooperative way as opposed to especially as a business leader I'm sure it's so easy to just say this is mandated and you follow the line or you follow the route yeah. to the door <laughs> yeah
1: yeah what's what it gonna easy, achieve though
0: <laughs> yeah exactly It's it's quite easy to do and especially now at the moment is so it's really important to empower people because you want Mm -hmm. great people who do great things with you so that you can offer those great things to those that want your services or your product and speaking of those that then want your services and your products and even prior to that those that are paying for a service how does the partnership how does it work in terms of a client for example is there a lot Mm -hmm. of pre education that's needed. Yeah, how do you work with that cuz I'm sure there may be areas that you may <laughs> not necessarily be able to achieve and what you want with a certain client and it may be
1: a lucrative situation. It's amazing that you would bring this up. I wasn't going to bring this up at all, but we are very good at saying no to bad money. And when I say bad money, I'm not talking about blood money, but I'm talking about bad money. M- money that is not doing good in the world. We have a very strong client screening process. So when a lead comes through the door, Gary, who's our account manager and me, well, it either comes to uh, Gary or me, and we would go through it. If it's a charity, we look at their funding sources. Why are they doing what they're doing? Is it a real problem they're trying to solve? Or is it a foundation that's (laughs) passing money through? (laughs) Is it actually a company that's doing positive things within their organization and outwardly? And actually seeing what Are they actually contributing back into the world? Because if you look at my team, they are bloody good at what they do. And I can't sell them to the devil. I can't. I have to use their skills because I know they're so good at it anything I let them touch is going to amplify in the world. So if I let them work on not so good stuff, they're going to amplify not so good in the world. And it's, I know I'm simplifying it, but the ethical screening policy, it's on our website. It's uh, wholegraindigital.com slash wholegrainethicalpolicy, I think it is. And it goes through green where you're doing something socially, environmentally, and uh, financially positive in the world. Then there's the red people who are sort of encouraging incessant gambling or uh, over-drinking or tobacco or not treating their stuff well or violating human rights. And then there's the grey. The grey is the bit which we always land up putting to vote for the team. Uh, There are times when in the business we have enough leads to just go with the greens. But Every now and then a grey lead comes through and the people are really nice and they're doing really good work, but they're not particularly doing something amazing in the world, but they're treating their staff well. They have mental health program. They are planting trees. They're doing something that resonates with us and they're going to treat our staff well. Our team is going to be happy working there. Then we'll be like, okay, this is the commercial project that we were waiting for that will pay all of the salaries and we'll be very happy. So fine, we'll take that on. But that's a voting and empowerment of the team and team enrolling onto that project. So we, we have these these funny mechanisms in the business that encourage us to make positive decisions.
0: That's fascinating. That's really fascinating. It feels quite future thinking in terms of having this sense of a group coming together and making decisions collectively. Well, I'm sure it's existed in many forms, but it feels very fresh for industry because there is a top to bottom way of thinking. And then there's been a shift towards like, why can't we encourage the bottom to top thinking? And this seems very rounded, Mm. like every part of the team has has a view and has a voice. And that's quite interesting that they can then input on what they then go on to work on. That's
1: that's brilliant. It's also gathering perspectives. Sometimes uh, Gary and I will be like so close to saying yes to a client that we will give you a proposal. It doesn't mean they're going to hire us at that point, but, you know, having that extra conversation. and. The team, one of the team members will say, have you thought of this? And the whole thing pivots. And you're like, damn, no, I have to think about this. But once I've thought about it, I'm always grateful that that person brought that topic, which I hadn't thought of. So it's really an equal playing ground for all of us to have these conversations, whether that be about how much bonus you're going to get this year, and this is how the business is doing financially, to who do you want to work with in the business and how we feel Within the business and, and actually creating a culture where people are feeling safe to say when they're unhappy or uh, uncomfortable so that they're not so sitting there going, well, oh, I should just start looking for the next job. It's like, no, don't go. Just tell me what happened. And we can sort it together. That's always our intention. And and the team team really likes that. Yeah.
0: I can't imagine that anybody would not think of that type of model, that business model being anything but, yeah, just forward thinking and also positive to be able to feel valued. It's a very direct and front and center presentation of how you prove value to your people that you work with and the people that are in your company and talking about the direct value and thinking if others are interested and the B certification is it's a bit of a job it's not something that you can just kind of I want to suddenly adhere to these rules and (laughs) tomorrow you are certified there's a long road to that are there any small wins that you can suggest our audience range from people who are employed um, in big companies um, right through to those who may be doing side hustles and may think about what ways can we incorporate some of the things we've discussed through to maybe as yourselves business leaders at organizations who are thinking what can we do what kind of conversations can we have whether or not they are able to deploy things you know off their own backs or if they have to go to boards are there any would you say there's like a a top five or a top three of like big impact solutions or actions that people can start to take from your yeah
1: sure you don't always have to certify as a b corp to do the right thing you B-impact assessment is a great framework to see where you stand. You get a free score at the end to see how where you stand. It doesn't mean you, you're going to pursue the score of 80 or 100 or 150. That's not the point of it. So, yes, one of the things I'd say is take B-impact assessment. Second thing I'd say is treat your team like adults. They are adults and actually involve them in conversations that you are worried about as a business leader. So ask them, what's the worst that can happen? They'll say, I'm not interested to give you an answer. That's the worst, right? Or they might just like, ignore you or something. <laughs> that's, I'm sure that's not new. So it's to just encourage conversation and openness. And, and third thing is openly admit to mistakes. When you, when you screw up, say, ah, that sucked, didn't it? I'm going to do that better but I'm really sorry. And that just makes the whole conversation uh, easier for somebody else to admit mistakes. And if somebody admits a mistake, you can help. If nobody ad- admits their mistake, you can't help. You can just sit there and go, I know it was your mistake, but you haven't told me yet. But <laughs> it's really awkward. So creating a safe space where you can be honest with your team and they can be honest with you is helps with respect. And I think respect word is sometimes underrated, but but gaining respect takes time, whether that be with clients and internally with the team, it, the respect and trust really takes the time. So so those last two points would go towards creating a respectful culture and then these good ideas just keep emerging because I don't have all of the good ideas. Most of the t- ideas come from somebody in the business and I'll be like, OK, that's my project. I'll try to make it happen. <laughs> but, you know, it takes time but that that's the cultivation of um, creating that culture is is what we do a lot
0: i like that they feel quite obvious but really brave and also quite bold now's the time for people to take decisions that really mean something to whatever their values are and also yeah as you say project these values to others and given you know the period we're in 2022 now we've had some really tough years as a you know society and looking ahead it's things aren't necessarily we aren't coming out of the woods it's a very tough time for people so kind of one of these reoccurring themes that come up in all areas around the the struggles that people face but also that purpose as well that people have and if we look at like individuals independent people I've seen some really exciting avenues around simple things like email. Is that email necessary? Because having an impact on the planet can be as simple as how many emails you really need to send and the attachments. And, the, you know, this is something that I was very happy to do. Unsubscribing from like unnecessary newsletters, all of that. I thought that was like, yes, it spoke to doing something good, but also just the digital overload, getting rid of oh God, yes. oh, just having a digital cleanse. Some people allocate that to not being on the social platforms, looking at how you are interacting with content and, you know, how much of it is necessary and how much of it are you just regurgitating onto other people, especially in an email and work. The email, if we could write a coffee book of (laughs) the things that get touted as the most annoying and frustrating meetings, emails, they all get put in a little like pot. (laughs) Especially <laughs> <together. box>. yeah, because <laughs> it's just like yeah. sometimes so unnecessary. and the cloud, I think you spoke a bit about these servers and using cloud technology, I think there's quite a nice little partnership there
1: because mm.
0: servers are often rebranded as cloud the cloud is essentially it's so user.
1: physical it's so, so yeah. physical it's not <laughs> yeah. in the no, cloud it's not in
0: like the, the ether, ether. <laughs> it actually sits on a physical piece of hardware somewhere off site there's a lot to be said about interrogating what power supply is being used in order to run those servers slash cloud yes the off-premises solutions that exist and have you found it relatively easy to get access to these do you tend to find that they are quite bespoke and especially when we're talking in some industry areas the work can be quite sensitive there has been a breaking of Mm -hmm. like things having to be kept secure being more efficient at what you do using the cloud as long as it's you know you're adhering to the protocols
1: I think Oh, I'll touch on the digital decluttering first. We have a digital declutter toolkit on our website, which we created with Business Declares. So it sits at wholegraindigital.com slash digital declutter and Business Declares as the organization worked with us to create it. So the emails and the servers that you alluded to, there's a lot more information there. But going back to the... Server and finding the green server. There's the Green Web Foundation, which is a directory of all of the green renewable powered service. So if you ever were choosing a hosting company, you can always go to the Green Web Foundation. Find out if the hosting company that you're planning to serve with or, or work with is green. The other way to do it is have a green web foundation add-on onto your browser. And you can see when you're doing your search results, how many of them are hosted on green servers. You get a little smiley face next to them if they're on green servers. Oh, like
0: there's extensions that you get. Yes. Like, yes. Browser yeah. extensions. Okay. That's right. Oh, That's cool. the word.
1: Okay. Yeah. So there's ways of finding out what is green and what's not. Coolest thing that I've done ever in my life is had an extension to switch off Amazon services. If you switch in the browser extension that says switch off all Amazon services, you realize how much of the internet is powered with basically, you know, non-renewables, they are trying their best, but their best is not good enough for the money they earn. Let's just say that. Whereas Google, all of their services are at least, if not powered by renewable, are at least offset. I'll have to check the stats on that Mm -hmm. one, but they're at least... As green as they come at this point in time. They might do other evil things, but they're doing these good things. Whereas Amazon is powering so many services. And you're talking about the Amazon Web Service. Yes, we are. I'm not talking about the Amazon website. I'm talking about the Amazon Web Services. In case anyone's listening, (laughs) oh my god, I have to turn off my of course, we're talking in a very privileged way. Yes, um, I can go on about creativity, direct and indirect impacts of being mindful on the internet. But if if you if we were to just go back and talk about green servers, really the place to check is the Green Web Foundation. They have fantastic resource. But our website carbon calculator has inbuilt that methodology as well to see. They have the API connection to see when you're checking the carbon emissions. It also tells you if you need to move your server. So there's there's ways to check it. Uh, it's it's just how Geeky and how curious you are
0: that's I, the love I, I love it I love it I think anyone who likes to explore and is thinking about yeah. let me underscore thinking about what you know what's possible we are in creative fields and I think that's imperative to a muscle that you need to work every single day but also to find the excitement and the um, new and novel and things that delight people is is using mm. this muscle every day. So being able to do this, I think, is is also important. Another bonus yeah. is also important part of like the exercising of of creativity, the curiosity around that. You know, we'll definitely include the whole grain digital links in the um, show notes because there is a heck of a lot of information that can get yeah. people going there. And thank you to the team for providing that. Again, it's it's super rare to see that, and I have been looking. quite Quite hard given that I've been going into into the threshold of like what can be done another yes. interesting concept you talked about the smaller sizes of content um, mm-hmm. there may be barriers to that depending on what you need to deliver and what the medium is that the content is going to be shared on as I say in the industry that I'm in you you're talking about 2k to 4k now types of content Mm. but still there is a lot to be again assessed around you know the size of the files I did see this website that was allowing you to reduce the size of the file but not compromise on the quality of the actual resolution, and I was just yes. blown away because every time I think of reducing the size of files, um, it looks a bit grainy. Files, and oh my annoyed, yeah. gosh, it's like looking at a Manet or quite <laughs> up close. All of these like dots, yeah. the pixelate. Maybe you're into that, yeah. like pixel art. Maybe
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not the best way to look at it. Um, but uh, yes, if you're looking to reduce your images, uh, there's free plugins out there like Tiny PNG, Short Pixel, Image Compress. There's, there's a lot of things you can find to compress your images and you can automate it on your WordPress site. Now, I know more about WordPress because we run a WordPress agency, but I'm sure that happens with lots of other CMSs as well. Uh, because WordPress is, what, 35 40% of the internet, it's gaining more and more plugins that can do these things out of the box. And we use short pixel AI, the AI that keeps lossless compression, which is wow. what we uh, offer... Through using short pixel on our, all of our client websites, we we pay for it uh, under our maintenance. So if a client is paying us for maintenance plan or has bought a website from us, we'll just pay for it because we want the website to stay efficient and small. And three years down the line, they might go in and put in a massive image that they took on yeah. their phone or some the whole digital. VR camera. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, VR Metaverse. Exactly, and we want to compress it before it yeah. goes in the world. So we yeah. we have a page weight budget. It sounds like we have budgets, but we have budgets. And we say no more than half a megabyte should be the size of the page. Half a megabyte is plenty. It sounds like most people have like three megabyte images, but no, half a megabyte is plenty. There's tons of talks that we've done as uh, Holgren have done, or uh, articles out there that will show you how to compress um, your images, how to make your font files clever, in the sense if you have if you download a font Take all of the languages out if your site is just in English, then take all of the extra weight out, as in if you have like bold and italic and condensed and this. You're only going to use bold and regular and just use bold and regular and take all of the things out. So you can go from like a half a megabyte file to literally 10 kilobytes within minutes. And there's uh, there's font manipulators online that you can use. So everything you do, it comes down to the concept of mindfulness and People normally think of mindfulness as meditation or speaking nicely or being gentle. But when you do creative work, I think you have to have two aspects of mindfulness. One is a direct aspect, which is what you're creating. Is it giving the person what they need? as quickly and efficiently as possible. Or oh, are you wasting their time? Are you wasting their bandwidth? Are you wasting their data on their phone? Are you playing a video when they had not committed you to play a video? There's so many aspects you think about with direct mindfulness. And of course, there's the greening of the internet element with direct mindfulness. But then think of the long-term effects that you're you're creating a product, you're creating a website. What is it promoting? Is it going to make the society better in 10 years from now? So why should I earn money from it today? If I could just walk forward 10 years in time, would I be happy that we did that project because I had £5,000 more in my account? It's a very privileged conversation to have, but it's also thinking long term. Is it worth it? Is it worth for the society to not be mindful today, shouldn't we be doing everything we can, considering the state we are in? Shouldn't we do exactly.
0: everything we can? Yeah, I always have this visual of the snake eating its own tail. And oh my God, whilst yes. even... If you're very hard down the line, you just need facts. And if you think this is all speculative, if you are um, feeding an individual or a group of individuals something that is poisonous and is going to end up to the detriment and to the demise of them, you will come to a point where there'll be no one left to feed. So what is the point in that? I'm so thankful to be having conversations like this with you, with experts who are actually walking the walk as well as talking the talk because it's important to have case studies so that people can see that it's actually happening. It's not just a a dream or um, an ideology. It's people are actually living this and earning and sustaining businesses through these different ways and these methodologies, which is super good and it's um, (laughs) exciting. It's really exciting. There's a generation that has entered the workplace and generation that will be entering the workplace and these are very important things to them as well so it's not just a conversation about us and now it's about those who are coming and the future that they are going to exist in understandably they want to see it being worth existing in and this is part of that that conversation mm. too so it's great and haven't dug into this and maybe it's part of what could be a secondary conversation, but there's so many technical efforts that could go into being greener. You touched on coding. That is a very intriguing and an important part of being greener and smarter coding in order to be efficient oh people are going through so much content and content doesn't exist in just one medium everyone's being bombarded so this idea of just streamlining everything and just getting to the point is another another arc to why this is really a natural progression of doing smarter business and being a smarter practitioner of what you do
1: yeah absolutely the journey doesn't end for anybody coming to your website after they have had a conversation uh, or call to action or buy now button yes it does matter how you run your business how you treat your suppliers how the supplies are is it organic is it fair trade is it thought through is it mindful but once you've clicked buy now you haven't just transferred all of the responsibility to your customer I feel like the business still owns the responsibility to make it possible to repair to make it possible to tell the person how to look after something so that it lasts five years or 10 years more than encouraging them to buy the next version in two months from now it's like there's so so the newsletters that you get sometimes well I have a fair phone which is a also a certified b-corp it's a bit slow sometimes But when it comes down to it, it's a perfectly decent phone and they are not encouraging me to buy the Fairphone 4 minus the Fairphone 3. Whereas I feel like the repairability and sustainability of the product, the, the responsibility of the company shouldn't end at achieving the goal of the person coming and buying the thing from you, but should continue in how you change the culture of the society by enabling them with all these positive Ideas so that they become better citizens, and I can I can uh, digress a lot more about this, but <laughs> that's all, I, it's I, taking ownership, isn't it? Yeah,
0: I, I really I we must have a follow on conversation because there is a <laughs> yes. lot more in what you're saying that the digital environment, this idea of yes. when something is handed over that is digital, is it just going to be used and then discarded once the fashion yes. is passed or that uh, particular engagement um, that was being sought? has passed and I believe Mm -hmm. that there is a whole new territory of like you think of a lending library around how all of the digital components that you acquire can become repurposed or can be purposeful for others Mm -hmm. and as clients thinking about how you have your estate I read somewhere and I love this term your digital Uh estate how you manage affairs of your digital estate and how you wouldn't quite just discard a car out of um, thinking that you no no longer need it and there are services of used cars that you can go and take your car you know there are so many policies and procedures and, and different systems that are in place that allow people to do that there is definitely a scope to start thinking about the digital version of everything that you're interacting with as businesses as people that are creating to get the the most out of that I'm hoping to get to explore that a bit more as I take my journey into greening and I would love to have you back and we um, yeah talk more about this aspect I have seen even manufacturers of equipment looking at how they are capturing camera manufacturers how they are capturing the data and the imagery and maybe they could do that in a more efficient way which uses less power but still manages to get the information that is needed and provide the right quality of imagery that's needed. It's making the um, components smaller so they are not taking up so much real estate inside that particular project which means also there is scope for how things are stored and it's yeah it's it's, it's a mindful day exciting, days. It's an exciting, it's exciting days yeah it's really exciting days and yeah. um, I'm really mindful of your time too and I appreciate you <laughs> yes. using your Saturday to um, a sunny Saturday as well uh, okay. you know which makes it <laughs> Makes it even more appreciative Um, and I just want to check if there's anything more you would like to touch on that wasn't covered and then give everyone a chance. Because I am sure there is going to be a lot of how do I find out more about Benita and Whole Grain Digital and how people can get (laughs) the fastest route to getting to you and the team.
1: Uh, just go to wholegraindigital.com there's so many ways to get in touch with us best way is to always pick up the phone uh but there's always the internet you know you've got social media uh twitter handle and other handles uh including instagram uh eat whole grain because we encourage plant-based living uh and whole foods so mostly plants eat eat well. Um, And that's something that I really, really push for. So yes, check out our website, find me on social media, but mostly it's through business handles. I only have my personal LinkedIn. So if it has to be directly with me, then find me on LinkedIn. And if there's an interesting conversation to be had, I'd love to have one. (laughs) With this theme and your
0: expertise and what your team are doing, there is just so much room for this conversation to continue. Well, the hope is that there will come a time where this is just a natural part, of how you run a business it's not considered greening it's not considered being sustainable it's just business that's how we operate business and as creators it's how you are creative and what you do as a creative person and those that engage as well as you said those that engage with the products and the services become used to things being this way because they're set up and they're educated in such a way so it's it's yes. really cool and I, I never remember to ask this but I've remembered now is there anyone you're watching in industry or maybe outside that is doing some really exciting things around sustainability and if they're doing it at the intersection of sustainability and creativity that would be cool if yeah. there's anyone you would like to
1: signpost there's some really good agencies out there like nice and serious mighty bites leap that is in Cornwall there's just tons of agencies really on the cutting edge of how they present themselves and and forward they, these are you can call them competitors I call them friends because we learn so much from each other but in the fashion industry I like to see how um, creativity meets um, sustainability in fashion industry and there's a few amazing certified b corps like you underwear um but the one that really stands out for me is people tree and the way safia mini uh, just uh, safia mini has been quite instrumental in the way i look at fashion industry and what's happening in the fashion industry if you want to watch a documentary it's quite old now it's called the true cost and it's on netflix it's a fantastic documentary to re- you will not buy stupid high street cheap fashion ever again once you watch that because you really get it what you've done you really yeah. get it we'll
0: we'll yeah. put the link so in there
1: yeah watch that yeah oh, you definitely love it. I think
0: it's great. not
1: related to web design but she is a real role model and I do follow what she does and and gets up to yeah
0: that is fab that is fab well thanks so much Vanita it's been so refreshing to talk to you about a subject that is as I say I, I have very limited knowledge but every time I hear from someone who educates me more this is an important part of the discovery and growth that I want to happen in my future endeavours and also believe that others should hear about too so much appreciated yes. actually as we start to close out the whole grain digital name then came from that conversation concept of being whole how did the
1: name yeah come about? we the name came about because we wanted to be wholesome we wanted to be holistic but wholesome digital didn't have a ring to it so Toasting. home Grain digital had had this we love bread and uh we wanted to promote the concept of thinking about the holistic the whole thing rather than just the bit that's the tastiest in the middle trying to get the gluten, which is the gluten. so we went into <laughs> promoting the big concept really that's where it comes from uh, it sounds a bit superficial but we really want to whole it